Hello, my children. Welcome to the Church of Pantan podcast, the premier Battle Spirit Saga talk show available on all your favorite podcast platforms. May the cores be our saviors. I'm Esper, your head of service, and joined with me are my apostles, John and Cosmic. John, how are we doing this week? Well, if you guys have watched previous podcasts, you would know that I was right in my <laughs> very obvious prediction that Gail would win the event, and also my my predictions are crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, of course. Uh, a messiah of all things. Uh, Cause, how about That's you? Right. My man acting like he wasn't sweating all weekend long over here, but yeah, he's right. <laughs> he got his win. He was right. Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Like my biggest thing is that man, the second and of course we love our Borg here and we love Saint Cleric, all that good stuff. But God dang, we had a luster that made it to the finals. So like mm-hmm. just the just the and this we'll definitely cover this in more detail. Watching it go from grand open to grand open and which archetypes have done well. Obviously, we kind of knew about the big three, but there's a lot of this meta shakeup that's still happening. So I'm really excited. And I really wish there was one more grand open before Atlanta. Like give us one more a couple weeks out and then Atlanta a couple weeks later. But hey, it's lining up for an interesting pro tour, probably at least. We got that going for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and worlds, right? I mean, it's just the same format. So we'll have to see what comes out of Atlanta, what comes out of the Pro Tour, and then that's largely well, that is the meta going into worlds, you know, like a month later. So, you know, it's exciting few months coming up. Yeah, it's uh it was kind of like a interesting how it kind of played out where it's like basically like we have like a shotgun three weeks to try to figure out the meta. People are adjusting week for week for week, right? It's just like no one wants to play green. So kale, so yellow kind of shifted. Then everyone played red. And now kind of like the pivot right away. It was like, okay, now we're playing, you know, Gale ended up doing really well or whatever. So it's just kind of funny how it's been such a, it's basically been like a knee jerk format where it's just like everyone is just so quick pivot from event to event because it's been back to back to back. And now it's, it's like cause says, and now it's, it's really funny that now it's like a lull and then we're back to, okay, Grand Open. Now it's like, okay, did anyone bring anything crazy to the Atlanta Grand Open? We need to consider to, for like the one-week yeah. pivot for yeah. the Pro Tour. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny. So all these events are within like the short time frame, right? Mm-hmm. And then we, ha- we have this law, and I think people are just not going to want to play for like a few weeks, right? So testing for Worlds might be pretty slow because everyone's like, I don't want to say burnt out, but maybe burnt out because they had to play five events in five weeks. Man, it's holiday. Let me eat my Christmas <laughs> cookies. Let me yeah. be fat, have my cocoa. Like, <laughs> yep. I'll be playing some cards, but yeah, I definitely, you know, we lose basically two, two or three weeks of the season due to holiday. And I think that's just going to, you know, not cause the meta to develop as much as it could. But yeah, I'm curious. I'm sure like the last two weeks of December, everyone's or right after the pro tour, everyone's going to take a break and then like, Second week of January, everyone's like, "All right, we got to test now," you know, and then it's all gung ho for Bondi Fest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting, to kind of see where it goes. Um, that big gap is gonna be weird. Where it's like, yeah, holiday testing, but at the same time, it's gonna be very concentrated testing. I have to imagine, especially since a lot of people probably just have the time as they rebound from the holiday. So that'll be very interesting to look into, and actually, probably be predominant of the conversation today. We will be going over kind of the Liverpool meta. And kind of, you know, now that we're in this lull period where we're gonna have three weeks in between events, kind of talk about. You know, the retrospective of kind of how we got here, uh, what led to John's amazing predictions, <laughs> uh, and then kind of where we can uh, go from there. And then, of course, afterwards, we will have the return of Guess That Card Art. Uh, I have put forth a challenge for our boys today. I don't even think they'll know 
one of the names of this card, let alone the multi-name that it has. <laughs> um, big awards to whoever gets this one, because I would be thoroughly impressed. Um, so, jumping in. First, we'll talk about Liverpool itself. Um, Gale won. And I think it's about time, right? I th- I, for what it's worth, it's like surprising, but not that surprising, right? It's we knew Gale had the power level to get there. I think it took a couple of weeks of people just not kind of building like inconsistent builds. It's very uh, Kieran's build, which actually shout outs to Kieran or Sinclair over on the Discord uh, for taking down the whole thing with it, uh, which basically came down to a very similar version uh, to uh, was it Tyler? From uh, from Pasadena. Yeah, Pasadena. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I, it definitely feels like the Lizard game refined and tight. Um, All Rain, I think, being an awesome... Like, like, All Rain is way more annoying than you would expect once you play it. And you're like, oh, wow, I actually don't have a really good way to attack into her. Um, if they do have the Sanctuaries, you can't even, like, chump attack her in any real way, depending on how things line up. So it's, uh, it's lined up to be uh, definitely a more resilient deck now that people have leaned more on kind of defensive, lower-end aspects of green that kind of allow you to get into your late game for the gale some call it a little bit greedier but nevertheless red still did really well this tournament you know shout outs to the td boys i think daniel locked in another top eight with a deck as well this week um but it's very diverse i mean you know we got yellow we got green we got some purple we got some white white broke into the top cut with two different decks one being more tempo one being more control um and then we got you know the rainbow piles that uh, causes committed to playing at atlanta apparently <laughs> I just love it so much. It's, I just love K. Um, yeah, so I, I guess to kick it off, John, kind of like what pivoted you to thinking, like, I think the natural way to see it is like, okay, well, Utrecht was yellow. Let's play red, you know, and then Pasadena was red. So let's play green. Like, is that kind of the natural progression you kind of forgave it? Or you just kind of figured, you know, it was kind of Gale's due time after, you know, X amount of events to finally get there. Yeah, I mean... Casa's interview with Matas that I think went live yesterday on YouTube kind of summed it up. Uh, you know, Ryan said that, uh, you know, basically the format right now is more or less rock, paper, scissors. And that's kind of where I think my thinking and most everyone's thinking is as well, is that you have Gale, Yellow, and Red, right? So, I mean, you know, White's in there too somewhere, but those three decks are predominantly what makes the rock, paper, scissors format so you know you have this deck trying to figure out how to beat this deck while also not just losing to this deck and i think that other than red i think gale lends itself the best opportunities to kind of have those flex slots to be able to counter anything that it needs to counter whereas yellow is kind of stuck in that rut where it's like you're playing these 40 to 44 cards in every yellow deck whereas red and gale like you might only have 38 cards you know that are the same or 40 cards that are the same Mm -hmm. so you have more slots to really kind of form a meta and gale i think it was gale's turn you know i thought that they would be more gale i thought it would be more dominant um but you know it did win uh that's not totally unexpected um you know, Daniel did beat Kieran in Swiss. Uh, I think the version that Kieran was playing, the one from Pasadena with the plant mom, uh, it's a little weaker against red, ironically, because, mm. you know, you have more targets for break and Dragno King. Um, and it just gives the red deck more chances to out-tempo you. Uh, whereas the other version that was more greedy, 
uh, is actually really good against red because a lot of red's cards are just dead against it. So, mm -hmm. you know, so it was a meta call. It worked out for Kieran. Uh, you know, big big congrats to him. You know, he was due for. I don't. I I think this might be his first top even as well. Um, he always finishes like just outside, like mm -hmm. top sixteen. So, you know, it was cool to see him win. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think he's always like sitting around the top sixteen category, always kind of breaking out for uh, a day two contention. So once again, well done to him. But I mean, you know, we did see white get in there, and I know cause like you're feeling very strongly towards kind of like purple and white's world within this what some players would consider like rock paper scissors. And I guess you know to 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 your side of things, kind of like what does this mean for like the the, the future of the meta and kind of things going shifting over from there. I think the biggest thing, like going into the the sprint of events that we had, like thanks to Alex, right? Gale was the number one <laughs> deck that everyone was aware of immediately. Everyone had their day one deck built. Uh, Genbu wasn't that hard to figure out at all. It's just take your Fable Beast list, uh, slap Genbu in there, and you're good. Red doesn't take a lot to figure out. It's just the Pro Tour deck with some slight modifications, right? So we started the format with these three pretty big hitters that yes, do naturally lend themselves like the red into yellow matchup. We all know how that goes. It's going to be the same until end of time. However, the biggest takeaway just from a what performed well in what was underrepresented category, purple, believe it or not, soul, soul control, core control is doing a lot better than a lot of people gave it credit for. And I think that's like, the number one standout for me is that purple actually deserves a spot in this kind of rock, paper, scissors that we keep saying, but it's actually four decks that should be competing. And then white, I'm not fully on it from a overall meta standpoint, but if more people play red, then you have the natural advantage there as well. And white can do some stuff to make its green matchup better, but then again, you're always losing to yellow. So it really goes down to as we think about battle spirits as a game and again uh blue we're just going to throw under the t under the bus blue is probably not going to get there it needs more set but i'll you know keep believing that it can get top 16 please somebody keep working on it um but as battle spirits within each of the colors is designed you're going to have one matchup that's yeah it's the 70 30 that everyone likes to talk about but then if that's all you focus on you're completely discrediting the five other including the mirror match right being a consideration for those matchups as well as in those different color archetypes you have a very different plan against say uh purple snake curse aggro whatever we're going to call that list versus core control so there's actually a wider gambit that exists and i think because we had such obvious strong decks right out the gate and those were the obvious contenders those are the three big ones but i fully expect to see a more developed meta for atlanta if people put in the work and can work on those lists like i'm very solid on purple white I think you still have to just believe in yourself to make the right meta call and see a lot of red. And that's just how it is. Uh, but purple was a big one that was left out for me. And then luster, like an actual luster deck second in the, in the event. Like I know there's all this hype on Gembu right now, but looking at yellow, finally getting its, you know, meta spotlight with uh Jesse's top eight as well, having that. And it's not just like, Oh, here's one Michaela. Here's a flagellum, right? No, it's Shin Michaela flagellum gleam of hope, the random uh, magic cards that you're splashing in there just for the value like it's really nice to see this kind of come together and get to develop more so again at least for me really excited um to see how these other two you know purple and white really come out i will say slops to purple mid-range which yes did get second in uh pasadena shout out to uh i'm gonna totally just blank out his name i just had it uh, but shout out to him it's on x-men website 
but it's one of those things that was represented a lot and you can see it uh, represented by costume artists in this pie chart but it just falls off it doesn't make the top 16 unless it was like that second place list so there needs to be probably more discussion around like hey we have to we like purple mid-range is just not good enough and you do have to rely on the curse combo but I'm not a purple expert, so I don't know what that actually looks like in the meta overall, but I would not be surprised if someone can, you know, once again, top eight with purple uh, in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I the the biggest thing for me and kind of extends to what you were saying was effectively that like, and I think it's one of those things where it's uh, it harkens to kind of like now that we have depth in cards options, like it feels like even if we just look at the big three, like whether you're talking about uh, the green deck, the red deck or the yellow deck, you know, I can make certain concessions based on my deck choices as opposed to just having like the obvious like, hey, these are 50 cards you play in Terrasaur because this is just the best stuff Terrasaur can build in, right? Like like we like when uh, me and Rex uh, played our Nova Gale deck, right? Like our, we made a concession of playing Nova over, uh, you know, King Dragno and, you know, it made some matchups better. It made like yellow completely, completely free. Um, but, you know, we made some concessions in some other matchups instead because we weren't as tempo oriented and what have you. Um, whereas that's where the other red decks kind of get that benefit. So I think I, I love the fact that we're at a point now with a lot of different card pools where I can actually make decisions with the color that I'm playing to kind of make those kind of things, right? Like Luster, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's, it's very awesome that I got there, but it's also because like, hey, you know, if you play as a Luster deck, your matchup against Fable Beast is super, super good. Because like just being able to actually be the exhaust nexus deck plus being able to draw a million cards for free with Michaela, they can't answer Michaela. And if they do, it's like a bomb or whatever, which at which point you probably got some kind of value from her. So it's a it lends itself really, really well. So I, I love the fact that we're now at a point where I can look at the card pool and being like, OK, there are actual decisions to be made about my decks as opposed to being like, there's a very clear you know, 20 odd best cards in this pile and for me to go not. And obviously that's kind of where blue is at, where it just needs a depth. It just needs something to draw a card. Bandai allows to draw cards somehow, <laughs> but, um, you know, generally, yeah, yeah. I, I think all five colors, well, <laughs> you know, you said it, you said are very playable right now and are all have borderline tier one decks i mean you know purple and white like cos was saying are little behind but it, they're really really close and i think either deck built a certain way can win an event i i think it was austin wasn't that his name the guy like a second in, in, in pasadena I think it was Austin, but I'll just say Pizarro, but uh, I can't remember. Yeah. That well, well, it is, like it, is Medi, it is Medi's brother. That yes, much I, I know. <laughs> so, I, was, yeah. I was so trying to remember his name and not just say Medi's brother. This dude is it. I'm right. so sorry. You are not just Medi's brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so I mean, you know, clearly the deck can be built to do well. Um, it's just a meta call. Um, so Blues lack, and I think that's a, just because of lack of a card pool right now. Um, but hopefully, in a set or two, uh, you know, we really can have a solid six-color meta. Um, but you know, like like Cos said, everything has a bad matchup. It just depends on how you build your deck and sideboard to counter it to try to get it as close to fifty-fifty as possible. Uh, I will say that Daniel and Alex's deck for Liverpool was pretty spicy they uh they added in double heart i don't know if you have like the lists like pulled up or not but double heart was was like i 
I remember checking the team chat like at 7 a.m. on Saturday, which was like noon their time, and they were both going crazy over how many games that Double Heart was winning for them. You know, they were mad that they didn't play more main deck, uh, which I think Double Heart is a great meta call because how many times have you played with red and your opponent's at two life and like they just try to hide behind ice shields the rest of the game? Like that's just the game plan. And Double Heart just kind of throws a huge wrench in that. So, you know, I think it's not as good now that it's more expected per se, but I think red decks are going to start playing a lot more Double Hearts now, which is actually just terrifying. Good. I mean, I, I you know, it's funny when you say Spice, and I know I kind of live in my own corner of the world, but like Double Heart <laughs> has been in every single one of my decks since we got set three, right? It's people will learn to respect furthering destruction Champa. All right. People's yeah. lives like people's lives will not have ended. Like the amount of times I see people go to flip their ice shit. I'm like, no, no, hold on. I, I do have interaction mm. right here and I hope you have Dream Bomb. Now, unfortunately, they have Dream Bomb way more often than they don't. Um, but it's just it's extremely good. Yeah. And it actually fits really well in a shell with Awaken. Right. Because now you've got like your Apollos yeah, exactly. that you can swap the Soul Core on. So now like maybe they're using early interaction on your Soul Core, dude. Now there's something to say about the fact that like. It's not as good as Raiding Destruction Champa in the sense that, like, there's no flash window post blocks. So they always have an opportunity to be able to kind of get in there with the block afterwards or something like that. But um, regardless, I think it's still incredibly scary. And it, it offers an axis for your opponent to be concerned about the way you're sequencing your attacks that, you know, before people were on this kind of just didn't care. And I, th- I and I think it, mm-hmm. it's a it's a level up on the player base to now always be conscientious that anything with the soul core could potentially represent two damage. Yeah, I mean it's it's so good with Dragno King and Apollo in play, right? Because it's like a lot of times they don't want to block Dragno King with soul mm-hmm. core on him because he's going to crush you. So you're like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll take Dragno King, whatever. And they're like, ah, not so fast, my friend. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're dead. So you know, it's it's pretty solid. Uh, their their version of red um if you compare it to like a deck that brad watson played for example uh and pastina and and got top four with it you can see that like red this is like the 38 card shell right it's just like these spirits and then daniel and alex are playing more defense while brad was just like playing the trident dragon and you know everything else in the world Mm. so i mean these decks are very different decks and they're all within the same color. And I think that's why I think I like red personally so much right now is because I think other than, I mean, Gale might have an edge on how much it can flex, but red has a lot of flex spots. Mm-hmm. So it's just really fun to build and play right now. Yeah, yeah. glad you brought up the Brad point because that's what I was going to go back to as well. I was like, you know who else loves the the double heart <laughs> is uh, the extra awakening with because, you know, it, Trident Dragon again, for those who haven't really spent a lot of time playing with it, this card really wants you to be proactive with your cores because you're able to ramp so much back, which then allows you to double heart on turns that you normally wouldn't be able to. And then you yeah. also have the flexibility of the Awaken between Trident Dragon or Apollo. Like you're going to have both of them on board at time and one of them is going to connect, I promise you. So um, I know that there's still, I think that overall the favor is probably on Dragno King, but man, I, I'm probably just biased because I love the SPR too. Like the SPR Trident Dragon is super clean. Um, but I just had so much fun with, again, getting to do those proactive plays. Like, 
doing main star blessed draws and ritual fires and even a dream bomb sometimes and like have two trident dragons on board and be like i'm gonna get all these cores back by the way oh and now i can double heart you as well so it's just the yeah. turns you get with that with trident dragon just feel so good mm-hmm. yeah brad's deck with a uh, double heart would be pretty sick he he could probably trim down on either ant-man or maybe one or two of these nexuses to fit in a couple double hearts and uh like then it's i I think it's even more scary yeah i uh i i just love the options and that's the kind of like where it's like we're getting into death or like you're saying comparing between two red decks right doing two good things but they both have results and i love that and it really feels like almost every like the fact that like Anthony is able to DM me and being like, let's play a game and it's a different version of some BS white deck. And he's been doing that consistently for three weeks now blows my mind every time, <laughs> which yeah. actually, which actually kind of harkens, you know, going back to kind of what we're seeing here. If we, if I find the pie, we see this little lady over here, a uh, little, little miss K. Right. And I love that she's getting, you know, as much love as she Cause like on paper, any TCG player reads K like in a vacuum. It's like, she actually just says draw five cards. Right. And the fact that, you know, it, it, she can synergize with Battle Spirits in a way where you can just nuke stuff off your board just because you want to, right? Like, there's no step. You, a lot of decks need enablers. The enablers are literally just the game mechanics for Battle Spirits. And then you can go on and do, like, sack off the Aegis on your board, play a K, kind of go into an Aegis from there. And I know you have been quite an aficionado of this deck for a minute now, cause So kind of like, this deck's working. Why is it working? Like, what, 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 is, what, what are we looking at these, like, literal piles <laughs> of two one 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 four two two like what the hell is going on dude <laughs> yeah they've been super fun to watch just how everyone's been coming along with it and we've co- actually gone so far down this rabbit hole but now that like the church of smag is very real like i actually got called out in my recent youtube video it's like sorry this isn't a k-list unless it has smag how could you forget him i'm like Little do you know, I have my store champ versions already. Just I don't <laughs> like it in that version. Um, and actually, not this one, but the other one was also running like Blazing Board to get even more value out of K. Mm-hmm. But um, and and it's also interesting because what myself and you know shout out to Anthony or Dongo in the Discord, we have always been focused on a white control shell because like you just want Elephant to die to get you the cores to ramp you the cards as well, so that you can actually like play out your K. Like you, you do play a lot of expensive stuff where. These two new K lists that popped up are very much more like we're just stalling the early game. We're using Volcanic to filter out the pieces that we want. And truth be told, I really do like Volcanic. I played the white blue version more recently, and it probably should just be white red. Um, but the one thing that really took me by surprise is moving the idea from, okay, well, what if we don't have Elephant? What if we just use Hurricane Highlands for our ramp effects, right? And that's a possibility too. Like at the end of the day, a lot of these times with the lists, you are just grinding it out to the mid to late game and you go, okay, here's a K here's five spirits on the board. I've whittled you down and I'm just turning stuff sideways and winning. Um, Very rarely do you use K's level. I think it's level three actually effect for five cores that you pop something three K or less for every symbol you have. Like none of that matters. She is just a five K vanilla after, after she does her on summon. And then you just purely win from I'm turning stuff sideways and I'm getting it back off K. But this is where we really start to see a difference. Um, actually, did the other list have Scoops and Beldegore as well? I think it did. Like, that's like the one common thing. Yep. The one common thing that we always go back to is the Scoops, Beldegore loops uh, <laughs> just being as good as they've always been. But yeah, the this one has the uh, 10 drop instead of the... I don't know, I guess this one does have the Toki 5 as well. So you're still doing some Void Lord shenanigans. Um, I love it. Like, I think this one is just really... What I love about K so much is that there is so much that you can do with it, and it's always going to reward the deck builder 
for making a meta call, knowing what you want to bring. Um, and then also, as I mentioned, I think in the last podcast and several times, like you just get the surprise factor. Like your opponent does not know what you're playing. If I go turn one Phantasmal Paradise, congrats. You know, 99 per, well, 90% of my list, right? If I go Amethyst into a Scoops, into like most rant Hurricane Highlands, you have no idea what's in the rest of my deck. And in, in my testing, like I've just won a lot of random games that way where it's, hey, it's attrition. You don't know what I'm doing. I probably know what you're doing, and I'm just going to navigate the game that way. So love the card. I have no idea which one of these lists is like what you're supposed to be doing. I guess, hey, everyone plays Smag. That's that's the uh, cornerstone <laughs> people grilling me on. Buy I don't, smag I don't know what, what half these cards do. I'll be honest with you. Like, <laughs> like that white card on, on the top row, no idea. Oh, man. That's a big card. So, did, wait, isn't that the anti mill one? Hold on, no, actually, what no, is that? One? No, this know. is the um, it's, armor it's, it's it's the android that like it has armor. It, I got played against it with a white mid range deck in Utrecht. So it's got armor, red, purple, and on level two when it blocks, if your opponent uses an effect, they control oh. to draw a card this turn. It's like when each person return to their hand. So I don't actually meteor dragon. I guess. I mean, it's armor, red, purple. I mean, that's never yeah. bad. Yeah, but it's, true. But yeah, so kind of. It's it's probably questionable, but it is something to get back with K, and you know that's that's never bad. Mm-hmm. So did did these decks top sixteen? Top something? 16. Maybe I yeah, missed. Okay. yeah. So yep. this one got ninth, and then this one got sixteen. And that was in uh. This was in uh the Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I know that Pasadena. There were a couple of variants that were on the bubble and just didn't get there. Yeah. Um and in Utrecht, uh, I lost to one in the last round. Um, mm-hmm. my opponent finished ninth actually after beating me. Um, yeah. and I know that uh, a lot of the guys who were pushing this deck for very early on were um actually um our long-haired protagonist from um Ayumu. So Ayumu squad actually a lot of uh, his team, and I think he eventually actually he also, he's one of the pilots actually now that if I if I recall correctly. So um yeah. Yeah, this deck in in particular is kind of crazy. I mean, this is the first time I'm really looking, looking at, at this. And I don't. I have no idea what what the Raphael's for. That's probably I'm probably too smooth brain to figure that one out. But like other than that, like that this is kind of crazy. Yeah, I think it's one of those decks where like it can fold to itself, but like it's just. I mean, it's it's clunky as hell. Like as yeah. as Matos would say, like a lot of times you just draw hands <laughs> with decks and it's just brick city. So, um, the know. the one perk I will say is that if you ever get into the late game against this deck, I think the inevitability is insane. Right? It's just because you because especially if you're running like Hurricane to just like slowly get there with your ramp and stuff, you can kill off your Toki, you get it back. If you don't get it back with the Soul mm-hmm. Core, you can get it back with K. And it's just these infinite loops of like as long as I don't deck out. Like, I'd say the the decks that have the biggest game against this kind of thing, if you get into the late game, are the white decks, because you can kind of just elk burn them out, and they don't often have an answer for that. Um, but otherwise, it's just like, how how do you beat drawing five cards every turn? Uh, within that, you're drawing a card, you're milling them out. I've seen the Mandala, like, beats, because you're running, like, a million uh, cores. You're playing big yeah, things. Yeah, you but would never mo- deck out with this deck. Like, yeah, because you're just going to do it to them first. With, yeah, with, with Mandala. So there's no way you're ever decking out. Yeah. So it's it, it's <laughs> I I love this and I love that it's just like these five color piles which remind me a lot of like this MTG card I can't remember I think it was a Troxa and when a Troxa got introduced into standard like two years ago she just says like hey look at the top five it might or it might be Niv Mizzet which is like look at the top seven cards oh, yeah. of your deck take one of every color 
It's like, okay. <laughs> so it's just, I, I love that it, that she did translate as that like five color pile deck and we are seeing the five color piles and actually they do well. I mean, I think cause you took it to a store championship to get uh, yeah. X one finish with it. So, but again, we played at the pro tour as well. So we played at like bigger events. And, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. That. Good start. Started four one. We had a. <laughs> uh, I was gonna keep saying that. Started four one. Had a great time. <laughs> yeah. What does uh? I gotta look this up. What does Raphael even do? She turns things level one. Yep. Uh, and that's like okay. the only thing I can think about it because there's no other like level one cheekiness. Here's the thing. I, yeah. I will well, say no two cost in your deck, so you yeah. can't. But like everything you're playing is almost always level one because you're playing them for their ETBs. So it's almost kind of funny where it's just like you have all these level one like eight drops and then you're just going in and dealing 3k to something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if you have four spirits in play, though, I don't think you need that one to win. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe it's for when a core is placed on your reserves. Like your yeah, but that's only during your attack step. I don't know. There's probably something better we can play there, but... Like, I mean, that's cool. And, and there's one more in the sideboard. So I'm sure that they had something in mind when they, you know. Raphael turns off armor for the, and then makes your uh, removal spells live. That was like the other big one because you make their enterprise level one and it, and it shrinks their board. Uh, Cause yeah. it works on defense as well. But uh, at least like in my most recent list, because I'm playing like Allegra at the top end because I just refuse to give up uh, on him. Yeah. Um, I was playing <laughs> Ryut because Ryut actually protects all your spirits. So now you set up Allegro mm -hmm. who can't be bounced. And then we're also playing Seabed so they can't play off color magic. And you create like this Voltron effect that way. So I think it just comes back to who finds the best yellow spirit because it is such a greedy color and like what you want to be doing. It's it's hard to find something reasonable, but my my yellow pick is a, a spicy Ryu. Or again, you just play the... <laughs> yeah, play Gingerbread Man. Or, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I love these piles. And I love that the game is at a point where this is viable. Um, you know, yeah, so... Um, because this is kind of like... I, the I, I like that I can spend a lot of time just actually, you know, like, scrolling through this. And, like, every time I read it, like, I read a new card. And I'm like, wait, hold up. Like, that's actually really kind of cool. So um you know i think i think step three was a right step in the right direction um i still am kind of down to call highlands like the 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 ugly duckling of the set um but nevertheless it does enable some really cool things um and i think my, my thing with highlands and for what it's worth i understand like win rate whatever like i do think it's fine because kind of the meta has evolved to be fine with it i think my only issue is kind of like when i think back of like similar things to highlands i think back of like and i refer to mtg a lot because i granted that for a while it's there was a in kaladesh there was this one deck called the Etherworks Marvel, where on turn four, you could technically get a Nulamog out, which would kill two of your opponent's lands and set the back on turn two. I love this deck because I'm a D-Gen as heck. But the biggest thing is the fact that it created so many non-game, right? And it's the fact that, you know, in combination with Fang, you're in a, you're in a situation where you're kind of playing this weird, once again, minigame almost, because you don't want to get OTK'd. Or because, you know, your opponent had double Highlands into a bunch of stuff. And you, like, that was my game against Tyler when we played in Pasadena. It was literally Highlands. I had uh, a Feral to get rid of it. And then his subsequent turn was Highlands, Highlands, Toki, Toki, Fang. <laughs> Which was pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so that's my biggest thing with it. But regardless of that, I still think there's enough tools in there to make the game playable. Um, you know, swingy matchups aside, um, I've been having, and I guess kind of, kind of wear offshoot to you guys. I know, John, your perspective is a little bit more uh, localized to uh locals because kind of you just haven't been able to attend the big events this uh this season but um 
you know, we're about a month in set three. Are you guys enjoying set three? Are you guys enjoying what you're playing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I've loved all the decks that I've tested personally, all the ones that Alex have, has kind of shoved at us. They've all been cool. Um, so I, I think it's great right now. Like the, the range of cards that the K decks is basically the entire card pool. The, you know, the red decks can draw from several different cards now that weren't good before. Uh, green is finally good. Um, so I think the game's in a great place. I think, you know, I've said this several times, but like, I think Highlands just needs to be once per turn and then we can just, you know, kind of move on with our lives. Um, but overall, I'd say the game's great right now. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? Yeah, everyone knows I'm a big fan because we finally got blue, and that's my actual main color, so I'm happy to see all six colors finally in the game. Obviously, we're just going to keep hammering at it like we did with green in the past set, but we just really need an extra an extra card pool for blue, and I think it's going to get there. It's actually you know better than green was in set two, so I think it is like still a top 16 color. I'll just continue to say like once someone cracks the list, I'm pretty confident it can get top 16, but... Um, what I really like, and if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time that we've actually seen one color get every archetype within its color into a top 16. I'm speaking loosely here to mean aggro, mid-range, and control, but purple actually got all three of its archetypes in the top 16, and I think that's super cool. So just from a viability standpoint, right, and you know, you, may, you can af- absolutely argue one of those is going to be better than the other, but we now have this coming online, and I think red is eventually going to get there too, where We've seen the very much more low to the ground Scorch Battlefield side. We're now seeing these more mid-range decks pop up. And then, of course, at the very top end, we have Nova as well. So I think there's also, I guess you could kind of count red then too. But it goes to show like the card pool is finally getting deeper enough that people can make these conscious choices about what they want to bring to a tournament. Not just, hey, I like red. I'm going to play the red deck. I now have a wider variety of things that I can play. Again, small caveat of blue and a little bit of green as well. But I think Highlands is just going to be the the staple for this set because it is just so crazy of what it can allow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I will say, though, in my like just to, to give an additional knock for green, like I played against a green list uh, in my last round of Pasadena and it was just like Worker Ant-Man, Toki 7, which that card is a house. Like I, I haven't talked about that, but I lost my Fang to a level one Toki 7. Um, because I forgot to read that it had a level one ability that cared about void lords. Um, yep. so, uh, so like this guy fully exhausted board, right? He's got a Toki seven, some other BS. And I'm like, okay, well I have Fang. There's no reason not to swing here. Your Toki seven is level one. So I swing and then he suppressions the Toki seven. I'm like, yeah, okay. You chump block, it dies. He's like, nah, it's 18k. 18k? <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, yeah, it gets 10k if you're a void lord. Oh my god, I've never felt so stupid in my life. Yeah, so- I, I <laughs> love Toki 7. I loved it before uh, Fang even came out. Like, I, I love the double attack aspect of the it. The dual attack is like, so annoying. Oh yeah, and it's, you know, that's that's probably a really good double heart target too at some <laughs> some point but oh, you know that i've always been a fan of that card um but i i just think that there has to be a home for it somewhere and hopefully mm-hmm. someone finds it at some point but yeah the card's too good to not see like you know yeah it uh it's super gained my respect there and i think it deserves its build in if not the gale list some kind of like green mid-range so it, it again just harken back there definitely 
I think it's the range. I think I agree with cause. It's just the fact that we have range now and we kind of, we can make decisions and concessions based on like, Hey, I'm making this read for this tournament and I'm just going to run with this. Right. And I love that I can do that and that I can kind of, you know, make those kinds of calls, which alternatively for like a lot of other, you know, just Bandai games, that's not really the case at the moment. Right. Like there is like a Nami deck, there is a, this deck, let's say if we want to play one piece or whatever. So it's uh, it's kind of nice to see that variety here for sure. I agree. All right, gents. Oh no! I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my challenge here is you guys getting any part of this name, and I don't even know what I'll do if I get if you guys get the whole thing. But we we can figure that after we get there. So uh, this time around, uh, who wants to be odds and who wants to be evens? Oh, well, Cos went first last week. I'll just go first this week. What we'll sure. yeah. does you know what? And again, I'll trade from there. I think that is perfectly fine. So, gentlemen. What is this card art? Son of a gun. I, <laughs> oh, I know the card. Yeah. Uh, just sorted it's my a, set three it's stuff. a green card, yeah? yeah it is, it is most definitely a green. I can even show you the effects if that makes it easier for you. No, it's uh, whatever your... What oh, God. Let me, uh, whatever your Gale down. guy deals damage ramp one. Yeah, so during your yes, attack step, see? when one of your spirits right, would get right. and then it has one in spirit attacks, like one of your opponent's spirits and exhausted. Oh my god. No, no <laughs> <Nothing>. way. <laughs> I I've seen this card like three times in my yeah, life. Yeah, literally like twice for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh okay, so nothing on your end. I mean, you can just kind of throw, you know, you can throw buggy make both like face. something. I have no idea. All right. So so first off, John, any answers? No, I got nothing. Cause anything? Great bug is maybe in the name. Or no, that's his type even. That's right. That is not a bug. There, there is. Well, he is a care fight. He is most definitely a For care fight. Um, so there is one component of his name that blew me away because I only realized it when I read it specifically. So we have Radiant Rainbow Wing Jewel Bug Sigma. Because for some reason, this <laughs> is a Sigma side here. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh. oh my god how yeah. <laughs> okay so okay so hang on i wonder if they put the sigma sign because they couldn't fit the word too sigma long. because yeah. it's oh that's crazy <laughs> i had no idea that was even a, like that's what that sign was until you pointed out i mean yeah, i, I, didn't even I know, know what there. sigma is but yeah. like i never noticed it <laughs> on the card yeah because it just kind of blends with the frame yeah that's no. uh, god come on come on bandai <laughs> be better Honestly, this is bro, better man we got a whole bro, extra word on and, it but like literally imagine if this card was playable and we're just like bro jewel bug sigma oh my god the, the things i would have done to have this card playable dude like oh, i got radiant rainbowed like, oh, <laughs> sucks man yeah you got sigma bro yeah <laughs> rainbow road looking ass name god damn <laughs> good all right all right i this is the better game for sure man i love this one um all right so to kind of bring it back together um things we have to look forward to so we've been talking about it atlanta uh the pro tour and unless something for whatever reason happens with you know the legality of cards uh also the world's format uh, we kind of have this rock paper scissors uh, going on ish with other colors still being very, very closely viable and still being able to break into a top spot if they have a good Swiss run. Um, so I guess to kind of just cap that off, right? Like, what 
are you know what are you guys looking forward to or your expectations going into Atlanta now, especially once players now have this like three weeks to kind of figure out kind of where they want to go. Yeah. So okay. So now that Gail won an event, now we're back at this part of of the cycle, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. okay, people are like, oh well, let's just play Gail because it just won, right? So that's when you're going to start seeing a lot of white decks now. So there's probably going to be a lot of weird white decks built to beat Gale, um, which means red probably won't do as well because the white deck kind of pounds red. Um, so then maybe white and purple will kind of see it like a come up in mm. Atlanta. You know, that's probably my best guess. Um, you know, there's still going to be like a red deck that sneaks in top eight, I'm sure. But I would not be shocked to see like, three white decks two purple decks a gale a red and a yellow or something like some kind of top eight like that Mm -hmm. um do so i guess my big thing is that like within that context gale do we think this this has to be the best version right like this is just kind of like the optimal way to play the deck now i mean i guess I, i don't even know how to answer that question because i feel like the deck can be built 17 different ways um you know like the the K version's fine. The one with uh, the the plant girl's fine. The one that's uh, like the the like original list, um, that's kind of more greedies. That's also fine. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's no bad way to play Gale. Like, if you have Highlands and the ten drop and the five drop, like you have a tier one deck. Like, right. That's the engine. Like you you don't even need you know Jaeger. Um, like I think Jaeger's good, but these people, you know, like the people that are building Gale right now are like, well, it takes up too many slots. I'd rather mm-hmm. just play. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need Jaeger; he's fine. You just need Tokiwa. Yeah, because so, he's like your recursive Gale engine. Yeah. it's like every single turn I could just Gale with Toki. Right. So, you know, is it the best Gale version? Sure. Like we'll we'll go with yes, mm-hmm. but. You know, again, I wouldn't be surprised to see Atlanta having a Gale deck that's like ten cards different. So yeah. Um, and to then with Atlanta, uh, Cause, are you confirmed going, or you're still kind of figuring out if you want to go yep, or not? I'm 100 going. Yep. Okay. Um, flights. I had to go down. <laughs> it is very cheap to get to Atlanta, to, which I also learned is actually the uh, most trafficked airport in the world. I did not know that was in Atlanta. But that's why everything's so cheap yep. going into there. Um, so I know, John, you had like question marks around your participation, maybe? Yes, I, I will be casting the event. I know True. It'll, be, it'll be like officially announced here any day, probably maybe by the time this goes up. Um, I, I don't know 100% who the co-caster or casters mm-hmm. will be, um, but I am confirmed to be one of the casters nice i'm very excited to see you throw down it'll be fun yeah there you go i cannot wait to build the most ungodly pile and try (laughs) it on stream with it just to have you oh my god he's gotta have two it's gotta have both hands somewhere it's gotta have both hands somewhere (laughs) that's right Uh, yeah so i'll actually also be attending so of course guys if you guys are ever around feel free to say hi we did get you know through uh PBG had confirmed that there's going to be a stream as well, so definitely keep your eyes out for that to kind of see, because it's going to be a very important, right? It's a, it is the tournament before the Pro Tour, right? And I think the big, there's two ways to look at it. One, people are going to be playing some really 
basic, basic stuff so that they don't spoil what they're playing for the Pro Tour, or there's going to be some, or they're testing their Pro Tour decks, right? Like, I'm a little, I'm a little bit more sneaky. I'll probably be playing something off typical. Like I keep saying, I've played everything but yellow this year, so I'll probably just play yellow and then kind of call it from there uh, and then leave whatever I really want to play for the Pro Tour. But I mean, hey, maybe there's a breakout deck. And then again, we have one week to figure out how do we beat this deck. So it'll, uh, it'll lend itself to a lot of conversation uh, over online for sure. But yeah. with that said, I think that is pretty much... Actually, one thing to our listeners. Um, we do have this next lull that we have for the next couple of weeks. Obviously, if anything comes up in terms of spurs of news or the meta or things to discuss uh, around the community, we'll 100%, uh, 100% be a part of that. But uh, if there's any topics that you guys would like to touch base on for us to discuss uh, in specifics to anything in regards to card games or battle spirits in general, then feel free to let us know in the comments. Uh, and it'll kind of guide us in terms of what we talk about over the next few weeks. But with that said, it has been the Church of Pentan podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, may the cores bear safe. Mm-hmm.